Welcome to the Kyle Palace Podcast with your host, Toby LaGrange. Well, hello everyone and welcome to episode number four of the Kyle Palace Podcast. I'm your host, Toby LaGrange. In this episode, we sit down with someone who has been involved in the local racing scene for a long time. During that time, she's been a fan, a crew member, a driver, a media member, and now the person in charge of what has become the most popular vintage racing series in the Northeast. What follows is an interview with Lori Fallis, the head honcho at the Mohawk Valley Vintage Dirt Modified Series. We're here this morning here, or actually it's almost afternoon, with basically the person in charge of the Mohawk Valley Vintage Dirt Modified Club, Lori Fowles. Thanks for being with us here today. Thank you, Toby. Um, I really appreciate you asking me to come on. Um, you are technically actually the, my first interview, and I appreciate that. No problem. Happy to do it. Now, the first question is going to be, tell us about the first time you attended the Fonda Speedway. When was that? I attended Fonda Speedway for the first time in 1984, and I remember that is because the great Jack Johnson went 4 for 4 in 1984 at the Moody Mile of Syracuse Fairgrounds. Yes, he did. That was a great year. He swept everything at the fairgrounds. Now, take us through your racing career, because you also raced, I believe you raced four-cylinder, and if I'm not mistaken, Enduros and powder puffs and such. Uh, take us through your racing career. When did it start? Uh, what exactly did you race, and how long? Okay, uh, I started out, um, uh, they started a powder puff division down at Fonda Speedway. Ralph Company uh, got it going, and we, we knew it was on the schedule, so I bought a, a Monte Carlo, 73 Monte Carlo for 100 bucks, and we um, got it all together, and we did, they had a couple powder puff races, and that was the start of um, me racing, and I'll never forget the first time I raced, I had my shield up, and I thought I was doing 200 miles per hour, and then when I actually seen it on the video, I was actually technically probably going 10 miles per hour. So I learned from watching that that now I need to put, because of the wind blowing in my face, it felt like I was just going so fast. Um, and then uh, I, I got into the four cylinders at Glenridge. I started in 2015 um, in the four cylinders, and I did that for quite a while. Um, 2000, I had some success, um, but what really leveled my um, uh, success was when I had the, front, um, the four cylinder front end locked up. That made a big difference and then I started winning races after finishing second and third a lot of times. So then um, in 2007 I was um, the Glenridge track champion because I raced at Glenridge every Sunday and then they Mike Romano's and uh, Jake Spraker took over in 2007. I was actually the first winner under the helm of Spraker and Romano. So, and then I also tinkered a little bit at Five Mile Point, and then in 2010, I actually uh, raced down there um, for every race, and then um, I was a track champion in the four cylinders for that as well. I've gone to Malta, uh, I've won race, I won race over there at Malta, um, pretty much uh, went to Afton. Afton is probably the only track that I didn't win at, and that's because I broke CB joint in the front end. So, but, um, so then I stopped racing uh, probably in 2014-15 
um, because uh, my son was racing um, the Excel, so I wanted to be around watching him do that. And um, so yeah, so then I got out of it, and that's where we're at. I sold. I ended up selling the car, and um, and that's where my racing part of it ended. So, but. Um, it was really fun. It was a lot. It was um, a great time of racing. Uh, had a good time and met a lot of great people. Um, and I do want to thank um, the Ketchums uh, for a lot of my racing career with the four cylinders because they maintained my car. I was just a driver and pretty much told them, but they maintained it and got me to the tracks and stuff. So I, I have to thank them uh, big in my career racing four cylinders. So you started going to, Fonda, to the Fonda Speedway in the mid-80s, 84 or so, um, but it was 1984, and you raced yourself a little bit all over, basically all over the eastern part of New York. Um, how did the Mojo Valley Vintage Gem Modified Cup start? Well, it started before I actually got involved by uh, Buck Gasner. He started it, and I really didn't, um, I do remember the vintage uh, racing, I believe, at Glenridge maybe in back 2015 or 14 and I remember there was a lot of cars I used to be the next feature out and I'd be like oh hurry up you know for you to get you know for them to get going and I did know that they did have a lot of cars back then and um, so I was friends with Jay Severson who Jay Severson was took over as the announcer and then I asked him if he needed help and so I was helping him a little bit and then um, then he got out of it, and then so it, Buck it handed it over to me. So, and because he wanted to get out because he was pursuing his uh, pro stock career. So, and then I took over. This will be my fourth year. Um, and, and the vintage of the cars were uh, different. And so I just, and I love racing. I've been around it for a long time, and I've, I've been on a, uh, you know, uh, Drew Fallis is uh, my ex-husband. He raced for many years, so I know all the ins and outs of, of a race car. But as far as the vintage, the older cars, I really wasn't familiar with them. So I have learned a lot and really respect their um, heritage of what the guys used to drive back then and how beautiful they are and their contour of the, their bodies. and. Um, so yeah, so I took over and um, here we are, our fourth year, and um, when I took over there was approximately around eight cars. Um, now we average um, 35 cars at each one of our events, and we have definitely, we've grown. Um, it's in, um, with the drivers that are coming, it's the, they bring respect to vintage racing, it's not just a field filler anymore. Actually last year we nothing makes me more prouder when uh, people say the vintage race was the best race of the night and that happens quite a bit. Um, we do have um, now we are actually up to uh, three features. We run we have four um, classes um, because there's so many different um, eras that we are representing and it's hard to classify the cars to try to make it close together of them racing on the track um, but the guys are really great guys um, I have great help and um, I, I wouldn't be able to do it without them um, the drivers are I mean they're all professional they are top-notch and I just I 
could talk all day about them. So, and we have great drivers, legends that are race with us. Um, we got guys that are just looking to have fun, want to come around and just go down on the track. And yeah, so that's where, and here we are now. So, and we've got big things happening for 2021. Um, hopefully the fans come and we'll go from there. So take us back to that first season that you took over, which I think was the second season of the club. What did you learn in that first season that you still hold to today? To be... Hmm, that's a good question. I would say to be... I have to um, not take things personal. Um, not to take things at heart because I'm... And I have to be stern where I'm a person that likes to get along with, you know, like I'm like, have a good time, you know, I like to be, I don't, um, you, you have to stick to your guns. If, you know, in, in my heart, I feel this was our best way to run a series and I have to stick to it. And I have to tell the guys if something's not right is to tell them that something is not right, that I don't, you know, they might've ran that car back in the day, you know, as far as sheet metal or body looks. But uh, to me, it, it just doesn't look, you know, I want it to look vintage, look old. And um, I, um, great help. Uh, I had great help from the uh, beginning. The first year we took over, it was three girls, Joanne Flansburg and Georgie Constantino. So the, us three girls ran it, and we did an awesome job. And they're still with me, helping me today. Um, our sponsors. We have great sponsors. We started out with maybe four or five sponsors. Now we're up to 25. And it's not all about money either. It's, you know, them just helping us to elevate to where we are today to make our series shine. Um, because without, because we don't charge to race with us. Um, because I know as a racer how much it costs to get to the track and how much effort and dedication it takes for them to come. And they're putting on a show for the fans. And they don't get no payout. Um, and our sponsors, I'm able to hand out. We have like a, at our driver's meeting, we hand out the money then. It's potluck. I split the money up of what sponsorships I take for that race. And so we don't race for money. So, and plus everybody gets to see who all the drivers are also. So, but to answer your question, um, I know I got off the track here, but um, just to stick to my guns and what my heart feels that makes, um, to make our series shine for everybody and to give everybody the due respect that they do and to respect our heritage of, of the past. Um, so that's actually what I've learned, actually, is keeping the history, the memories of the past alive, which is our, our theory. And that is what we are all about, is keeping, you know, the Jack Johnsons, the Dave Lapes, the uh, Steve Danishes, uh, um, Peaks. I mean, there's so many, as we all know, um, to name them all. Um, but that is our goal, is to keep the history of the past alive. Well, let's take a look back at the 2020 season. Uh, obviously, it was COVID affected, hence why we're sitting here today wearing masks. So if you can't hear us very well, that's because we're in the Viaport Rotterdam, Rotterdam Mall, uh, Viaport Rotterdam, Rotterdam Mall, excuse me, and we have to have our face coverings on while inside. Um, review the 2020 season and again, how did we go? Actually, um, 
we were starting off, we, we had a great schedule ahead, you know, our, our biggest year ever again, um, with having all of the, you know, adding more tracks. And um, we actually were had cars coming down to this car show last year, and we got the call where it was canceled. We actually had cars in the parking lot. So, so then it was like, you know, of course it was disappointing, you know, disappointing for everybody, of course. And um, so, so we just had to ride it out, you know, like everybody else went. And um, our first, I got a phone call, uh, not a phone call, but I got a, a message from Brett Dale to say, are you guys ready? And it's like, heck yeah, we are ready. Because that was our next race, because we had other races um, canceled, like uh, Albany Saratoga was canceled, Afonda was canceled, uh, Airborne was canceled, so we had races canceled. But our next one, when uh, Fonda was ready to open up, we were on the schedule. So, um, but we had, uh, we still had a point series, we had uh, five races for our points, and we went to Pencan, we went to Five Mile. Um, we our um, Afton show got canceled because of the COVID, um, and but in Lebanon Valley that got canceled. But um, overall, it was a, you know a good a good year. Considered the fans were definitely missed because that's what we run for. We don't run for ourselves and money and that and stuff. It's we run for the fans and for everybody to see you know the elder older people to reflect back on their memories and to hopefully teach the young of what our our grassroots of racing where they came from and try to get kids interested and so but i would say we had a very successful um oh and we also raced at five mile point to or um, five mile and i'm not sure if i mentioned that but um so yeah we we were racing until the, uh, the end of october so so heading into the 2021 season, uh, how has the series changed since your first year running? Uh, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but a little more specific, how has it changed since four years ago? A lot more cars, a lot more drivers, a lot more headaches, a lot more, um, of course, I like to put a lot more time for myself because it's a lot easier putting up you know, profiles or stuff on eight guys than it is on 32 or one race at Fonda, we had 42 cars. That's our record. Our goal this year is 50. So, um, and I, I foresee that in the future. Um, but but um, we are more structured, could I, I could say. We have, you know, uh, the three girls, we've been together now this whole time together. So we have a, um, an inspector now which we didn't have in the first year, uh, Wade Seberg. And enough, another addition is um, we're having somebody up in the tower this year. Uh, um, um, Ray Rogers is going to go up. And he's going to overlook the race to make sure, because when I'm down in the pits, I obviously can't see everything that's going on on the track. So if the driver comes in and says, it don't happen very often, but it's racing, so we all know anything could happen. Um, so when somebody comes in and said, he, blah, 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 he's, he was uh, like, you know, this was going on on the track and I say, I didn't see it. So this way here, we have a, our own person that's just being concerned is the vintage, you know, telling the guys when they start, telling them when there's cautions on the track, um, if there's any incidents that need to be taken care of, um, 
So that's another addition. Um, I actually will be looking for somebody else because we are just getting so big. Um, so, so that is definitely what's growing. Uh, the collaboration amongst everybody has is great. We are we are a big family. Everybody comes. Everybody gets along. Um, everybody understands. Not everybody gets well because what I, with this vintage is, it's not about um, making a name for themselves. You know, if you want to do that, go in another division. It's about coming down, having fun, you know, uh, representing the past. And I, I try to stress that at our driver's meeting every time. And like I said, with more people, you have more uh, personalities or more issues. So, but I would say, but I think we handle it not too often, like I said, because everybody is, uh, is pretty good. So I can't, you know, but that's... That's the difference of sometimes it's great to, you know, like sometimes I say I created a vintage monster, but a great vintage monster. <laughs> so, but that's, that's what I would say would, you know, be the, I mean, and of course we have more sponsors. That's great, you know, and everybody's on board. They don't mind, they're all in on board of what we are doing. So that's, that makes things great. Um, the more I can get back to the drivers that are putting this show on is, is, awesome like you know like gotta say so thank you to our sponsors they are you know excellent so with that we're gonna take a really quick break listen to one of our sponsors we'll be back with more with Lori Files here in just a few moments you're listening to the Cow Palace LaGrange Media and Productions, announcing voiceover and on-camera services, podcasts, and some pretty neat ranking programs. Are you in need of a weekly or film announcer? Are you looking for an announcer to join your team for a special event? Are you looking for some on-camera talent or a voice for your company track or events commercial? Then contact LaGrange Media and Productions today. Contact Toby LaGrange at 518 844 2196. That's 518 844 2196. Or via email at lagrangemedia at yahoo.com. That's lagrangemedia at yahoo.com. Or find them on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash lagrangemedia and productions. Or on Twitter at TJ Dirt Voice. Lagrange Media and Productions. Professional, dedicated, and reliable services for the motorsports and local sports industry. Back here with part two of our interview with Lori Fallis, the head honcho of the Malk Valley Dirt Modified Series. Lori, next question for you. I want you to preview the 2021 season. Talk about the tracks, uh, your schedule, and any new drivers or cars you have coming your way. Okay, our 2021 schedule is going to be a full and um, fun and definitely exciting um uh, racing season for us. Uh, we have 16 races on the schedule right now. Um, we, of course, we are. We have five races at Fondo, two at Malta, two at Albany, Saratoga. We have. We were going to be going to Weedsport for the first time. We are going to Devil's Bowl for the first time. We are going back to Pen Can for the King of the Can, which that's a, that's a fun racing. They do a great job down there. Uh, five Mile Point, the Southern Tier Tracks, they do a great job. They 
for the vintage and stuff. Um, so we, um, from my point, we are going back to Afton. We unfortunately we missed Afton last year, so we always look forward to going to there. Um, oh, and of course, um, Glenridge Motorsports Park. We're going there. Um, that is actually the birthplace of the Mohawk Valley, where they first started. Um, but I, that's, well, I think that's, that's our full schedule. Um, one thing I noticed from that is a difference of going back to uh, the other question is, is when I first took over, I had to call the promoters and, um, beg for races for the vintage racing. Now they are actually reaching out to me to if we want to have races. So to answer, go back to our first part and that question that just came in and that makes, that makes it nice for us instead of not have, you know, people actually are seeing what we're doing. They're respecting us and they know that we put on a great show. And so that's, um, one thing I wanted to add in. Um, but yeah, we, um, we like said, we got more sponsors. We got new, a uh, couple new sponsors. So, like I said, we have more to give out to the guys for our point series. Um, oh, uh, another track, um, Utica Rome. We are doing Utica Rome Speedway on Friday night. We are actually are going to have a our first time ever. We're having a back-to-back -back race. We're doing um, uh, Friday night at um, Utica Rome, and then we are piggybacking with Fonda Speedway on a Saturday because we already had our schedule booked sorta and the only way to and we were trying to get Utica from the beginning of the year and um, so we got um, switched over but they were taking that over so so it was we were left to doing a Friday so we tried to get it on a holiday weekend because just for traveling for guys but that race we will be having tow money um, that Friday night and they're going to get bonus points for guys that show up for the um, point races um, series just to add a little to get you know um, I think that'll work out um, that's the, the Mohawk uh, Valley uh, River Run is our title for it um, so I think that'll we'll find out how that actually goes over so I'm sort of curious I was sort of nervous about it because I've never it's, it's just a lot of work for me to do because I put a lot of stuff up on Facebook but we'll just see how it goes um, so that's another thing added into our, our uh, season um, unfortunately, we didn't get to have our banquet of last year for the 2020 season. So what we are doing is um, our first race. We have two scheduled races in a row at Fonda. So we are going to hopefully um, do it at the um, Fonda Speedway Museum um, before our race. So we're, all the guys will come early. So we are going to, because uh, we do have trophies and we have plaques and everything for the guys. Because they don't race for anything and it's just... Uh, us, we just to give back to them to show them our appreciation of everything, their sacrifice and dedication. Um, yeah, so 20, 2021 is looking pretty full and a lot of integration uh, for the fans to see for this year. Now, when a fan shows up, any fans in the stands, they show up, or I should say, assuming we have fans in the stands, um, pending New York State COVID guidelines. And when they show up, what classes are they going to see with the Mulk Valley Vintage or Modified Series? Okay, so um, when I first took over, they we had a sportsman division and a modified division, and we did have one late model. And so as the series grew, the num in numbers, we were starting to get more cars, of course. So um, 
in, in the, like the older cars, we felt that they needed their own uh, division. They needed their own race because a lot of guys weren't bringing them out because they were racing with the faster cars. So we came up with the vintage antique class. And when we first started, the um, this will be the third year. Our first year, we started out with between four to six cars or seven. And I approached Brett Dayo and asked him if, you know, could we do this? And he was totally on board with it. And um, so that's, that's how it went the first year. It was a little, you know, we didn't have a lot of cars, but, you know, we had other cars that rank could run with them with their speed. So last year, we averaged between 12 to 15 vintage antique cars. So it's growing, and, and it's an awesome class. It's the, tr- you know, it's, it's, it's the true cars or the, the cars that they're representing that era, um, you know. And, or, and we do allow other cars to go into that division of depending on their speed. And you have the guys that just want to go and have a good time for safety. So, and then we have, um, so we have the vintage modifieds. That's uh, for cars that are uh, 1990 chassis and above. And then we have uh, 19, uh, Vintage Sportsman Division. Those are cars, chassis that are 89 and below. And we also have a Vintage Late Model Division, which is growing also. Um, we started out with one, and then we've had two. Um, now we're up to like four or five, but there are people building them. Of course, there are not as many of them out there because they're, uh, they're actual cars and a lot of them got crushed when the scrap yard went up or the scrap prices went up and, and they didn't have a place to race. So now that there is a place, we give them a place to race. We've always had, we always have. And so, yeah, so we have uh, four divisions. And like I said, we uh, average 35 cars a race or more. So... But that's our divisions for the 2021 season. Now put your thinking cap on. Go back in time, you know, to the first uh, day you took over the series to today. What's your what has been your favorite moment and your least favorite moment being with the club? <sighs> my thinking cap, oh boy. Um, my favorite moment is after the. My favorite moment of the night of, of our vintage racing is when the guys go out and they do a great job. There's no accidents. They put on a good show. And when the, all the features are over, and that is probably my favorite moment of the night. Um, my worst moment is having to, to, to deal with issues of, say, somebody is not is, uh, over-aggressive driving for what vintage racing is about. Um, and having to approach them and either have to, you know, discipline them or actually say maybe vintage racing is not for you. Um, that's probably my, my hardest because I, like I said, I, it's my personality not to kick people out or, you know, I try to get along with everybody. And so that's the hardest is the disciplinary of what needs to be taken to run a series. Um, you know, I'm sure all the other promoters probably get the same headaches, too, with all the drivers coming up and screaming them at them and, you know, and this and that. But, I mean, we don't have that. But, I mean, j- because I try to take care of an uh, uh, issue before it gets blown out to anything. I mean, the, everybody gets along. We all talk, you know, we collaborate, we hang around, we talk. 
but but and my favorite thing is knowing that looking at the cars out on the track and seeing the beautiful cars of the old you know the vintage cars that these guys work on and just like just to look at them on the track is like wow or look at pit row you go down pit row and there's all the cars and um representing the past and i feel that um they have responsibility, and I have responsibility of keeping that going. You know, to, of that nobody forgets where dirt racing came from. You know what the cars look like, all the blood, sweat, and tears that the old old drivers did. It, it wasn't like just going to a parts place and buying parts. Um, so it's respecting our um, past drivers, what they sacrificed to get to racing to where it is today. Um, my proudest moment since I've taken over is knowing that the vintage, when I took over, nobody really knew about it. No, it was like nothing, you know, like it was, oh, I'm going to get a hot dog or whatever. But, you know, overall, the whole state, all over. But now I feel that I have helped bring it to a new level all over, not just for the Mohawk Valley, but for other series and clubs. You know, for them to, maybe they've learned from me the things that I do. Um, that's my proudest moment. And I really enjoy, the guys are great. Um, we all get along and um, sometimes I'm a little crazy. I'm a little, I'm a little bossy to my help sometimes, but uh, they're great. Uh, uh, like I said, I, I couldn't do it without them. And that just, it's just proud to where the vintage was when I took over to where it is today. Over in an overall. So there's a lot of vintage clubs out there, more now than I'd say there were. Um, they're not all big like the Mohawk Valley Vintage Dirt Modified Club, but tell me, or tell our listeners anyway, what separates the Mohawk Valley Club from everybody else? Uh, maybe, um, I mean, everybody try, tries. Maybe like the location. Um, where else? How lucky are we to have Fonda Speedway, Lebanon Valley, Albany, Saratoga, Devil's Bowl, uh, Glenridge, uh, in a in an area in, in in say the capital district? I know Vermont's, or uh, you know, Devil's Bowl is two out, but you know, but I mean, we are fortunate to have tracks all in a like the capital district, the you know, Mohawk Valley, you know, in the, in the era. I think that helps and. The speedways have so many, so much history. Where the drivers that used to um, race before, they're coming back racing. They're coming out of retirement. You know, legends, and and that brings a lot of prestige to the um, the Mohawk Valley Vintage. They're modified series as well. Like people think, geez, if they're doing it, I guess it's got a lot of um, respectability. You know, to say. Um, I don't want to say that we're better than any other because that's not because it's supposed to be all the clubs and series are supposed to be in it for the same reason, uh, preserving our heritage. We, it's, it's not about making a name for ourselves or na- making a name. It's all about the history and um, just our hard work, what we put into it, um, um, and just what our meaning behind it is, is keeping the history of the drivers and the cars alive and like i said we i can't thank the drivers enough and the sponsors uh 
and we just got people on board. Um, I try my, I, you know, I it's like a full-time job almost, you know. Um, I try to give the drivers their recognition that they deserve. And um, But, no, it's just we just got a good thing going on. And maybe that's why. <laughs> now, the final question I have for you here this afternoon, what does the future hold for the, the club, for the Malk Valley Vintage Dirt Modified Club, and where do you see it going in five to ten years? <laughs> got to say the best for last. <laughs> oh, let's see. Well, of course, always, um, you know, keeping um, – you know, of course, always uh, uh, striving to be better. Um, there's always improvement. We're ever, never going to be good. Um, I do want to thank all the promoters, you know, for giving us the opportunity to, you know, showcase what we bring to the table, to the track, you might say. Um, because without them, you know, if we don't have a place to... Uh, put a show on for the fans we're you know so you know I gotta thank the promoters um, I would like to see um, you know I would I would love to see enough cars to have four features um, but see we don't I rather us not do heat races and have each division have a, their own feature um, because you know I know and, and maybe get extra heat, uh, hot uh, warm ups you know, so, you know, because I know promoters are on a time schedule. You know, it all depends what track you go to. Um, so I know that's where I would like to see it eventually, is to see some more late models. Um, we definitely are growing in all the other divisions. People are, you know, taking notice. Um, I believe, I mean, we got a lot of new drivers coming out this year, um, a lot of cars. And one thing I want to say, too, like, is that, we allow the newer chassis because, um, but they are the modifieds. There's so many chassis out there now because the, the the regular modified drivers or sportsman cars, they only they run two two three cars a year. So there's so many cars out there that are solid chassis. You know, you know when a car if a car sits out into a um, a cornfield or a field. You know, they rot from the inside out, the water. So for safety, that's the reason why we allow the newer chassis. Um, just because there's just some abundance of them. And um, so, but there, that class is growing. Uh, all the classes are growing. What I see for the future is uh, hopefully to find somebody with the same passion and heart into it as I do to take over because eventually you know, somebody will have to be stepping in for me. I don't foresee myself, you know, 10 years or, you know, down the road. Anything could happen. So, you know, I, I, I need to find somebody who would like to take over down the road to, you know, in case if something happens. Somebody I know will be, it'll be left in good hands. Um, and, I mean... It's a lot of dedication. It's a lot of time, and but it, but to me, it's it's worth it. You know, sometimes I some people can say eight great things about what's going on and two bad things, and those two bad things bring me down. So that is one thing too that I have learned that I have to learn to uh, realize that people are not going to be always, always happy. That's a fact. And but. Um, but I just hope it keeps growing, and hopefully the young 
the young kids get involved, take interest. Um, and, you know, hopefully we're doing a good job. Um, all the past drivers that aren't with us, unfortunately, today would be proud of what we're doing. And um, just keeping their honor alive because a lot of times when they all pass away, you don't, you, you know, they're, you don't hear about them anymore, but it's great. The, all the sites that are out there, uh, Scott Belknap does a great job doing it. Um, there's tons of them I could name of different vintage sites that are out there and people posting pictures. I think Facebook has definitely elevated um, our past, you know, so people can see it and the memories. And, but yeah, so, I mean, that's what I foresee, just keeping getting better and um, doing a good job. Well, that sounds good to me, and I think we'll end it there. Thank you very much, Lori, for being with us. That's Lori Fowles from the Mock Valley Vintage Dura Modified Series. A big thank you to Lori Fowles for taking the time to sit down with me earlier this offseason. She wanted me to pass along a huge thank you to the series sponsors, and those sponsors include Ghetto Motorsports, New Day Motors, Red Service and Repair, Jack Miller's Tractor and Trucks, Custom Bob Signs and Designs, Glove City Taxi and Jake Spraker Enterprises, The Red Chair Guy, Final Reward Trophies and Imprintables, Mangino Chevrolet Buick and GMC, L&D Smith Construction, D. Carl and Sons, Todd Hoffman Racing, Andy Speed Shop, Fulton County Electric, K9 Grooming and Pet Hotel, John's Auto Repair, Buano's Custom Body Shop, Boyd's Motorworks, The Winter Circle Restaurant, The Wheel People Talk Show with host Ed Lamberton, Kugel's Bread Barn, Matthewson's Farms, Elmo Speed and Supply, M&J's Lawn Care and Landscaping, and Yerkowitz Auto Crushers. The Mulk Valley Vintage Dirt Modified Series has an ambitious schedule set for the 2021 season. The season kicked off just a couple weeks back at the Fonda Speedway with a Spring Fling season opener that was on April 24th. The next in action tomorrow at the Fonda Speedway, that's May 8th, with the Vintage Mother Load here on Mother's Day weekend. On Friday, May 21st, they go to the Albany-Saratoga Speedway for the Malta's Vintage Express. On Sunday, May 30th, it's off to the Glenridge Motorsports Park for the Grassroots event. On Friday, June 11th, they head west to the Utica Rome Speedway with the Malk Valley Vintage River Run Weekend. On Saturday, June 12th, it's back east of the Fonda Speedway for the Malk Valley Mystic Rush. On Saturday, June 26th, it's Lebanon Valley Speedway, the Vintage Eruption at the High Banks. On Saturday, July 3rd, the Fonda Speedway hosts the Track of Champions Hall of Fame Spectacular. On Saturday, July the 17th, the Devil's Bowl Speedway hosts a vintage flashback at the Bowl. On Sunday, July 25th, the Weedsport Speedway hosts a vintage Hall of Fame event. On Friday, August the 8th, the Albany Saratoga Speedway hosts a John Grady Memorial Nostalgia Night. On Saturday, August the 14th, the Fonda Speedway hosts a Mohawk Valley Championship Night. On Saturday, August the 28th, Lebanon Valley Speedway hosts a Valley of Speed Explosion. On Saturday, September the 25th, the Penn Can Speedway down just below Binghamton in Pennsylvania hosts the King of the Can. And on Saturday, October the 9th, the Afton Motorsports Park 
hosts the Afton's Vintage Attraction 2. And the season rounds out on Saturday, October the 23rd, down to Five Mile Point Speedway for the Vintage Fall Back I'm sorry, the Vintage Fall Back Frenzy 2. So big ambitious schedule for the Monk Valley Vintage Dirt Modified Series in 2021 racing season. And I hope you enjoy all the events you get to see. Until next time, this is Toby the Grange. Stay safe, and we'll see you at the races. This has been a LaGrange Media and Productions podcast.